had it a couple hours, a few hours ago. Okay, family, let's say our prayers and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to come together and share your Word. As we listen to your Word tonight, please open up our ears, open our eyes. Help us, Lord God, to receive. And uh, as we receive your word, Lord, we yield our hearts up to you. Holy Spirit, please help us. Please teach us. Please come upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So... I think the next topic that I'm, I want to teach, which would mean we would have to jump around every night, is that when we finish the book of Matthew, I think the next topic I want to teach is I want to teach three baptisms. Most Christians don't know that, you're, that there are three baptisms. There's, there's not just one baptism. That there are three events that we can progress in in the baptismal area and each of those each of those has a different um is a different event and a different um a different situation so all right that'll be interesting yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought because my boss was texting me while I was talking to you guys. So, all right. Uh, chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck the ears of corn. Some people's Bibles, some of you, when you're reading your Bible, it says wheat. The reason for that is that all we really know is the Greek word that was used was a harvest. It was a grain harvest. So we don't know exactly what they were picking. Um, but, but basically, they were walking through a harvest area, and they started picking the heads off the kernels. And, you know, if you pick wheat, you rub it between your hands to get the husk off, and then you pick the little berries out, and you eat them. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. Now, what are, what are, they, doing? What are they doing on the Sabbath day that's not lawful? They're working. That's, that's the way these Pharisees split, split hairs. They said, oh, well, you're taking the husk off those things. You're working. You know? But he said unto them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God, and he did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat. Neither for them which were with him but only for the priests. Now, that's in the Old Testament. There is a, a specific place in the Old Testament where David is being chased by King Saul. 
and they're running, running, running through the hills, and they, they barely escape with their lives. And they are so hungry. They haven't had, they, they've been getting chased by an entire army. They're, they're so hungry. They haven't had time to hunt food or, or get anything. And they, they come to the temple, and they come in, and they ask the priest, have you got anything to eat? And he says, I got nothing except the show bread. And basically for us, that's like the communion bread. And it's not lawful for you to just come in and eat the communion bread like that, you know. But but David did. Uh, that bread was set aside for the priests. David came in, he prayed over it, he asked the Lord to bless it, and then he shared it with his men. Or have you not, have you not read in the law how on that Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, that I will have mercy and, and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath day. So there's a lot right there in that, in that part that Jesus replies. Let's go backwards. First, he says that they've condemned his disciples. So by issuing judgment, they condemned, they, con they issued condemnation against his disciples. When Jesus says, I wish that you understood this, he told them in the previous chapter to go away and to learn this, to learn this, to understand it. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Every one of us, every one of us would do well to think about that, that phrase right there. That's God speaking. He says, I would have mercy and not sacrifice. And, and what, what he's saying is, he'd much rather see you, much rather see you show mercy than sacrifice. And it give up something you like and, and, and just keep on being the way that you are. He wants to see us show mercy. He wants to see us taking care of people who can't take care of themselves. He wants to see us bringing food to widows and helping them. And and he wants to see us taking care of children that don't have parents. He wants to see us taking them in. I, I was listening to Francis Chan preach about that. And he was talking about, they, they had this time where he had several sermons back to back to back about God's word and how the orders that we got from Jesus were to go take care of widows and orphans. Those are, those are our commandments, to take care of the widows and the orphans. The, the mercy is taking care of widows and orphans. That, that's, that's the definition according to our boss, our Lord, who we gave our lives to. We gave our lives to him, right? When we accept Jesus, we give our lives to him. 
And if, and if we give our lives to him, then, then our life is no longer our own. Then we don't get to choose. I like doing this or I don't like doing that. When we give our lives to our Lord. And I, I don't know. I just, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I think, you know, what, what boss is going to keep an employee when he says, go and do this. And the employee comes back and says, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's inconvenient. And, and that's just a boss. That's just a job. This is, this is an eternal covenant that we've made when we gave our lives to him. And, and we, we have to endeavor to do what he says. You know, when, when Jesus talks about the goats and the sheep and the separation thereof, the, the condemnation that, that, are, that is on the goats is, he says, he says, you know, you did all these things. They said, but Lord, we did all these things. We did this and we did that. We did it all in your name. And Jesus says, get away from me. I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. What, what is he saying? He's saying, you didn't obey me. You, you didn't obey me. You didn't do what I said. Think how many Christians are going to be sitting around, are going to be standing there with the goats, and they're going to be saying, but Lord, we, we had a food bank we filled up the truck we uh we had a golf tournament and a fundraiser we had a men's breakfast um we we had men's breakfast every week and we we all got together and and we fixed the church building and we cut the grass and you know what jesus is gonna say He's going to say, take him away. I never knew him. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That, that, is, that is going to happen to, to, to every single person who, who's tried to stay comfortable in their Christianity. Who tried to, to, to de determine what we were and what we were not going to do for our Christianity. And, and none of those things, none of those things that we're doing for our Christianity are the things that our Lord Jesus told us to do. None of it. And, and you know, we can say, but I, I tithe and I do this and I do that. But you know what Jesus said? He said, do you think it's anything special for you that you just, you do the mandatory things that God required? always that that's his so so you gave god back what belongs to him and and you think you you get a reward for that no that's just doing what's expected of you it's the other things that jesus called us to do those are the things that are meritorious those are the things that give us account can can I, I just sometimes I, I think that we don't get it because because we don't take the devil seriously. Because there are so many Christians sitting around right now that just they don't really fear 
They don't understand how malevolent Satan is. They, they really, truly do not understand the situation in the world right now that, that massive amounts, and I'm, I'm talking more than half of most of the governments and the government officials in the world right now are Satan worshipers. And I don't mean it like they're doing bad things. They don't know the devil. I mean, they are active, active Satan worshipers. They're going to worship Satan in a satanic temple, uh, in a satanic ritual uh, once a week or more. That there are thousands of children disappearing in every nation on earth, and these children are being used for satanic rituals. And, and you know, the thing is, you know, it's the worst part of this. Lots of people know it. This is this is common knowledge. But nobody wants to sound ridiculous and start going around saying we got to crack down on the Satan worshipers. Because people will laugh you to scorn. Because all of us stand around and we, we try to convince ourselves that the devil isn't there that he's not active. Let me tell you, the Christian churches have become so powerless that the satanic churches are very, very appealing. Those people can actually get something in a satanic temple. If they open up themselves there, boom, they're going to get something. They're going to get something that's going to bring them intuition. It's going to tell them what to do. It's going to tell them what's coming. It's going to guide them. It's, 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 it is, they're going to receive an interactive being. And that's what most people want. But because the Christian church has not taught people how to interact with Holy Spirit, they're taking the easy way and they're going and getting Satan's copycat. And, and there are more people converting over to, sat to Satanism than there is to Christianity. Not, not only are we not obeying Christ, but we're squandering the entire kingdom on our, on our selfishness, on our wanting to live life the way that we want to live, on our having the things that we want to have. And, and, and every day the situation gets worse. And worse and worse and worse. People want to be on the winning team. They want to be on the winning team. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to join the winning team. And right now, everywhere you look in the world, it looks like Satan is winning. We're not praying for our leaders. We're not praying against the Satan, the satanic temples. We are not waging spiritual warfare on, on, on the influx of, of, of Satanism in in our nation. 
we're not even praying protection over the children that are affected by it. We're, we're praying for what we want today and what we want tomorrow. And Lord, what can you do for me now? Shame on us. Shame on us all. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Mercy and not sacrifice. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy means if we can help someone, we help. We can change the whole world. We can turn this all around. If every Christian just in America, not even in the world, just in America, if every Christian in America adopted one, one, Orphan. One. There, there'd be no more starving children in the world. We, we would take them all. We, we would take 230 million star, starving children. Something like that. Way, way, way more than the number of children that are starving in the world. Just way, way, way more. And, and yet, there's still children starving everywhere. There's little girls getting sold into sexual slavery at, at eight, nine, ten years old. And the whole world knows it's true. We all know it's true. Just like we all know that the satanic rituals are happening. We all know it. But if we talk about it, that means we're going to have to do something about it. And nobody, nobody knows what to do anymore. Nobody knows what to do. It, the problem just seems so much bigger than us. So, so since we don't know what to do anymore, we pretend like it's not there. We ignore it. We, we don't talk about it. But the word of God says he's going to hold us. He is not he might. He is going to hold every one of us accountable. Accountable. We're, we're going to be responsible for those lives. We're going to be responsible for, for what those children went through. He's, he's, going, he's going to hold us accountable because we're the watchman on the wall. We're the watchman on the wall, and we didn't do our jobs. We were, we were sleeping. We were eating. We were, we were doing what all the people were doing when, when the flood came and when Noah built the ark. We were eating, drinking, and being merry. We were enjoying our lives. 
because that was our concern. It was to enjoy our life. Listen, do, do you know what it means to worship Satan? Enjoy your life. That, that's all Satan requires. He doesn't ask you to go worship him, build an altar for him, none of that stuff. You, you know what Satan says? The, the Satanic Bible tells you over and over and over again, just, just enjoy yourself. Do what you want. Do, do the thing that makes you happy. Make excuses for it. Everything about Satan, right from the Garden of Eden, when he convinced Eve to get the apple, what, what did he do? He convinced her to do what she wanted. You, you're not going to die. Try it. That's how Satan operates. And so we, we kid ourselves and we say, well, this time in life, I'm just, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just doing what I like. I'm just doing what makes me happy. So, so is everybody else that's worshiping Satan. Everybody. Every last person that's worshiping Satan is doing the same thing. And they have been since the beginning of time. The ones, the ones that are serving God are doing the things that they, that they, that they were uncomfortable with. They're, they're doing the things that they have to do. All right, I beat that horse half to death. But that's, it's, it's true. And I, I look around us right now. And I and I I see this. I feel this sense of urgency that we we have to wake up. We have to wake up. I'm including myself in this. I'm saying we we we. I'm not pointing at everybody else. We we have to wake up. It. it Jesus is very clear that if we're not serving him, if we're not doing what he said for us to do, then we are serving Satan. There's no in between. There's no varying levels. We don't get like partial credit. Oh, well, you didn't do everything I said, but you get partial credit. No, there, there's no partial credit with Jesus. He, he gives us Example after example after example to make it abundantly clear to us that there is no partial credit. We either do what he said for us to do or we are serving Satan. Verse 7, but if you'd known what this means, I'll have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And we, when he was departed from that place, when he was passing on from there, he went into the synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? That they, so that they might accuse him. Because they, 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 these people were so ate up with their hatred that they, 
that they actually wanted to persecute Jesus because he was performing a miracle, healing this man's hand on the Sabbath. All you did work on the Sabbath. The miracle was work to them. Anything, anything they could get. Anything. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that if you have one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, that you won't get hold of your sheep and pull it out of the pit? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. Then says he to the man, stretch forth your hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, just like the other one. And the Pharisees went out, and they held a council against him, how they might take his life for healing that man's hand. They went out, and they had a council against him, and they were talking about different ways that they might take his life from him, because he healed that man on the Sabbath. We look at them and we say, man, those guys are wicked. Boy, those guys missed it. Man. Man, I can't even imagine being that lost. That lost. But, you know, that's the whole problem is that we look at things in degrees and we say, look, I'm not as bad as the Pharisees. I'm not as bad as the Pharisees. But, you know, God is holy. He's absolutely holy. He he doesn't look at it and say, you know what? Well done. You weren't as bad as the Pharisees. God's judgment is, were you righteous or were you not? Were you obedient or, or, or were you a rebel? You, you get your righteousness from Jesus Christ. That's Look, that's the great part is that you don't even have to worry about righteousness if you just do what Jesus said. So if we obey Jesus, because then, then he's our master. And if he's our master, then, then we're white as snow in God's eyes. But see, that all, that all hinges on us obeying Jesus. If, if we don't obey him, then he's not our master. He, he makes that very clear. He's, he says, why, why do you call me master if you don't obey me? And then he gives us multiple parables that, that tell us, show us exactly what happens to the servant that doesn't obey the master. And none of those servants that didn't obey the master doesn't work out good for them. None of them. It works out really, really bad. And the worst part is I don't ever want to be one of those preachers that tries to guilt people and make them afraid into obeying Jesus. I, I want us to love him so much that we just do it because we love him. Because we, we, we know what he did for us.
let's stop right there and we'll pick up tomorrow night. Comments, questions? Ask a question. No, no. No, no. All in? No, no questions. <laughs> Aaron. He's got his speaker off. Oh. The, 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 the point I'm making tonight, I, I'm going to be making that point a lot lately. I, from going forward, I'm going to be making that point a lot, and and I'm going to make that point to strangers, and I'm I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job, and and every one of us needs to look around ourselves and say, how can I serve Christ right now, right here, in the place in which I am. We, we are in a time right now where, where if you look around you, if, if you look around you at the world, I, I'm not saying that all of the signs are there for the rapture to happen like tomorrow, but, but here's what I'm saying. It's possible It's, it's possible, folks. And and again, I don't want us to do it because we're afraid that Jesus might come tomorrow and, oh man, I'm scared of him and I'm scared of that burning in the fire thing and, and oh man, I need to go serve him out of fear because, because if you're serving out of fear, you're never going to be able to love. And... And a servant of Jesus should should love. We, we should think about those people that are hungry. We should think about those widows and those orphans, those children, and the love that's in us. If Jesus is in us, the love that is in us should just tear us to pieces. It should just rip us up inside. And, and if we don't feel those feelings, we should be asking ourselves, what, what have I done? Am I, am I calloused? Have, have I blocked out part of my heart from the Lord? We, we need to explore that because look, People that know us should say, when when we're not around, they should say, "Man, you know, I, I have you seen the way Olive is around those children? Man, she's like Jesus. You can just she's like Jesus." Then and, and and Maria, they they should say, "Man, have you guys ever seen Maria when she goes and she helps out over there with the children, or or you know, there's this." The, the widows around from the church, you know, she's always calling, checking on them, making sure they're, you know, man, 
if you see, she, I don't know what it is. She, she just, it's like Jesus. Yeah, me too. People should say that when they see me doing things, that I'm like Jesus. And I, and I know the areas where I've been falling short. I know it. And that's why I am so, I am so convicted that we, we have to go further and we have to go deeper. And we have to strive harder. We are, are so far off the mark. We're so far off the mark. There is no accepting Jesus on our own terms. It just doesn't work that way. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for the food, <laughs> the food that we received tonight. Thank you for nourishing our spirits. Thank you for feeding your sheep. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for this message, Lord. I, I know I got off, but I'm sure, I'm sure what I was saying is what we all needed to hear tonight. I, I'm sure it's what I needed to say. I'm sure it's what I needed to hear, and I'm sure it's what every one of us needed to hear tonight. And Father, I just ask that you you would change us tonight, that everyone who heard this message tonight and everyone who comes after us and listens to this recording, that that they would change, that, that they they would not walk away sad like the rich young gentlemen that they they would not just walk away sad that they that they can't do what Jesus wants them to do that we would be convicted and that we would change there there is a there's a window open for all of Christianity to walk in power as one for a massive massive revival and it starts with me and it starts with everyone on this call. And it starts with everyone who listens to this. It starts, it starts with you. And we have to ask ourselves every day, what do we want to get out of our Christianity? Because if we just want a social club, we're in the wrong place. We're in the wrong place. Help us, Lord. Convict us. Teach us and lead us. Set a fire in our hearts and give us, give us a way to go. Give us, give us a place to teach and give us, give us willing, hungry ears to listen. And, 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 and Lord God, just 
man, make us, make us, make us the kind of Christians that even if we just have one sandwich, we'll sit down and share it with somebody that has none. Help us be that kind of, help us, help us be like that, Father. Help us to change. And man, Lord, we get so wrapped up in our own ways and what we want. And we just get lost in it. Help us, Lord. Show us the way. As we go to sleep tonight, I pray that you just watch over us and let us not be led into temptation, Lord God. And please protect us. Do not let the evil one steal this message away from us. I pray that this message yields a crop, a bountiful, bountiful harvest from the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you. Good night. Love you. Thank you. Good night. Good night, Good night. Good night. Good night family.